152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. All right, Kev. Uh, we got to get right to it. The champ is on the video call with me. We have a season-long champ. I'm looking right at him. We may or may not have the runner-up on later in this podcast, but I want to get your immediate thoughts. I don't know if you have a speech prepared. Um, you know, people are going to probably question the integrity of this contest if the two, you know, two people on this pod or two of the last three, and then somebody involved takes it down. But it's all legit. It's all trackable. What do you have to say? Congratulations! What a season! What a season! Thank you. Yeah, I said I remember saying a few times. Um when we first kicked off back in January that, you know, just how, with how it started, I, I did not anticipate it lasting for this long. So it was great to see uh, the last sort of few entries there hanging till the end. And yeah, I'm ha- happy to win. Um, I think we got a lot of feedback from people that sort of didn't really know too much about, you know, what, what we were trying to do here and, and the pool and things like that, that, my my hope for next year is that it just it just gets a lot bigger and continues to grow every year because I I think that um I think it's a lot of fun I think that it, you know having the three entries is really a big advantage especially if people are coming in with single entries it's just really hard and we saw some people on great runs who had single entries and even double entries but yeah I don't feel like I had like super great picks this this year i just felt like i with the three entries and and just kind of knowing how these pools work and being able to outlast people is kind of what what got me to the end so i'm hoping to see a lot a lot more entries next year i'll try to build that pot up a lot more buybacks and um yeah i'm just just really proud of sort of what we've grown here and i think even speaking on the podcast like to be it for you and i to be able to just find the time to record every single week for six months straight is i think an impressive feat as well so so shout out to the two of us all right Um, i'm I'm proud of that as well yeah (laughs) i don't i don't think it's a coincidence that the final three all had three entries and bought back all three entries during the course of the season it was an endurance contest um but yeah i gotta I got to just, you know, I got to give Scott some grief where he's probably due. Had a great, great season, especially after somehow losing all three of his entries in the first week, buying them all back and and coming all the way to the end, um, but clearly does not listen to this podcast at all. So I know he's not going to hear this, but I'm just sort of going to shout it into space, like to trust Max Homa in the highest pressure situation, a major championship in his hometown with those type of expectations and expect a different result than what happened. I just, I can't get down with it. I didn't recommend it. There was some serious doubt on this podcast. And now with all of that said, still had to go six over on day two to miss the cut. So sort of unlucky there, but man, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You got to listen to the kids. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because we have, after it got down to just the three of us or two of us or whatever it happens to be, we only, we kind of stopped the email thread and we just have a text chain going on with the picks. But yeah, I understand like, you know, people, people not listening regularly so much anymore. I think I've stopped partially. I think it's on me as well. I've stopped pushing it as much as uh, I was previously. So I think I have to get back into that, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Homa's Homa's been on kind of a bad stretch here. It's kind of, tough to see you know you had obviously the real strong um start to the season the cali swing you know he always does well there but this for a lot of people felt like a spot where he could kind of jump back on obviously los angeles country club and he did have the great i think he shot two under on the first day and six over on the on the second unfortunately but uh yeah i don't know i just um him jt um Morikawa had a had a great sort of uh week. Xander had like an interesting week, great start, terrible finish. Some of these um kind of tough to put your finger on some of these like Cali guys and how they're playing. And and I don't know. What what were your thoughts from uh from the open? Yeah, I uh so overall, and I'll sort of I, I want, you know, I'm just gonna get right to it. Like if you had to give the whole US Open experience a letter grade 
this this year what are you giving it because i i was not a fan it's not a fan um i i would give it a b like a solid b okay, okay. that's it's been the general the general consensus i've just seen so few a's or a's a pluses or like rave reviews that it's been a little disappointing and that's sort of how i felt overall like i'd be sort of in the c range um for for many reasons um, the first of which being, I just, I don't want to see my U S open, um, one at 11 under or 10 under or whatever it ended up being. Um, and not only that to, to be one at 10 under with like a lot of people, like well under par seeing a lot of 62, seeing a bunch of 63, seeing a bunch of people in the sixties all week was just not U S open like, and I know, um, I know Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland came out, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick came out, said, you know, the course was not their favorite um, from a setup standpoint. Um, and we sort of saw it on a few different holes. It just felt like because of the sloping, every single approach shot was hit pretty much from the same side of the fairway. Or I know number three in particular was like ultra funnel to like the same point in the fairway, regardless of where you hit it. So everybody was attacking the pins from the same spot. Not as much strategy, and then yeah, not as much punishment um, for these guys. I didn't think just because of the the mammoth size uh, of the fairways, um, but nonetheless, like you know, trying to trying to put that aside. Like I loved loved the whole weekend. Um, I love seeing Ricky in contention. Um, you know, he really ripped my heart out on Sunday. You know, not staying in contention, but watching him sort of regain form was was pretty sweet to see. And then, yeah, Wyndham Clark has been like low key playing awesome all season. Um, you know, won a designated event uh, a little while ago and then came in here and really like just a balls on the table performance, like like all through the weekend, um, you know, starting with the the club twirl of the century uh, on 18. I think that was on Saturday night. And then, yeah, on on Sunday. Um, it just felt like anytime there was any sort of pressure put on him by Rory or, uh, or, or Ricky or anytime he sort of faced adversity, like he just stepped up and answered um, emphatically, like every single time that was required. So a deserving champion, um, you know, based on his play. Um, but I sort of came out with sort of the same impression or the thing that's going to stand in the front of my mind is sort of the failures that we saw. And, and I know you touched on a few of them. Um, with with Homa and I know JT is just sort of lost another high profile name but for me it, it it was and it should be Rory and I just felt like this was another another big Sunday um, you know very reminiscent of last year's uh, open championship where really only needed to make one or two birdies to win and just you know this this Sunday par uh, birdied the first hole the par five and then 17 straight pars after that like just couldn't make a putt and that's sort of what he did last year. And just like, you know, that next major escapes him, but um, yeah, that's sort of what will stand out to me rather than, you know, the, the winner himself who played awesome by the way, but just a lot of high profile names uh, coming up short. Yeah. Uh, congrats to Wyndham. I, I think, I think he deserved it. I think it, from the beginning of the day on Sunday, would, what you want from a U.S. open is to, you hope that the course shows you right away who is playing the best and who has a chance to win. And I, and I felt like on Sunday from the, from the very get go, it felt like there were only two guys that had a chance to win. And that was Rory and Wyndham. And agree. Um, and he, he just played so well, came up with some, some clutch shots, uh, you know, down the stretch. And, and that's why he won. And I think a couple points to make, I think that Rory sort of had like, I guess the mentality of like your classic U S open where you're like, you're playing for pars, I guess he's like shooting to the middle of the greens and, and things like that. And everything, like every putt he's making is so close and everyone's saying like, Oh, they're just not falling for him. It's like, well, yeah, the, but they're like 40. Feet. So like, yeah, like, a, like those just aren't supposed to fall. You got to stick it to like six feet and, and make a bunch of those down the stretch. Like you're fucking Rory, Mac you know, Rory McIlroy, like, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but not to say that there were a ton of birdie opportunities down the stretch. Like no one really was making birdies down the stretch. And I think, um, I don't know, it, it, it was just kind of, I guess 
it was it was a great leaderboard at the end. Like you, you couldn't really ask for much more. I don't think like the top top guys were there. Ricky, the buzz around Ricky and and Scotty was right there in the mix. Cam Smith just ran out of holes. Like some some great names up there and and everything everything you would kind of want. But I don't know, just um, and a lot of a lot of negative feedback from the course and the and the tournament in general and i think there's a lot of different things that people were sort of upset about that it is not doesn't fall on one like person or, or organization or entity but um pe- people were upset I, I i think when you have a major there's so much buzz going in and so much excitement and so and people people are going to be inclined to tune in on that first day and when people are shooting eight under at a u.s open on on thursday like people are going to be jarred by that that's just even like your casual fans that only watch the four majors for the year like that's just not what they know the u.s open to be so people people were i think upset with that from the first day and kind of had that in their mindset that that's just how the tournament played when really like the winning score just finished like a couple strokes under that from the following, you know, from, from day one. So it, it did get a lot harder over the weekend and, and it ended up pan- like we did a podcast last weekend and said the winning score was going to be what eight to 12. And that's, that's what we got. Um, it's just, it was jarring to see those like low scores on the first day. Um the the fan base people were upset about as well so like apparently what happened is i guess just a bunch of members just bought up like all the all the tickets and they didn't did not want um commoners on their (laughs) on their course i guess Um, bad though man yeah so like that so that played a factor as well but, but like you said, like, oh, you're telling me the most exclusive golf course like in America is going to like limit its exposure. And it's like, you know, it's inclusivity to, like you said, like the plebeians on the outside. Like, wow, that is that is a stunning concept. Like, yeah, not not shocking that that's what happened. I mean, I I just I I guess it's it's what when it, when it comes down to it, what do you want the identity of the U.S. Open to be? And it, and it should i'm okay with it being like this score you know that score winning but i also i did have some problems with how it was playing like it just seemed like like that the shot that Wyndham hit on 18 like that thing was was like a banana hook like hard hard right he yes. looked like me off he looked like me off the tee just right. opposite. and still hit the middle of the fairway hit the fairway he didn't even he couldn't even see the shot he was like when he hit it he was like oh man like where he didn't know where it was gonna land like, oh no actually you're you're actually good right and you're on the right side with the right. correct angle into 18 like and meanwhile rory hits like a drive that would have landed like in a like five foot wide fairway like a- right. absolutely like just pummels it i i just don't you you're used to at the u.s open being rewarded for good shots and punished for anything like less than excellent shots, you know, and that we, that's what we just didn't see. I don't think off the tee. Um, and I think that's what, that's what maybe people were frustrated, but um, I don't know. Yeah, no, you, you just articulated that perfectly. It's not the score that disappointed me. Honestly, it was exactly what you said. Like, I just felt like, so many guys were hitting so many fairways with some crazy errant tee shots. And there were certainly some holes where dudes were just, you know, had miles of fairway to work with and could just plow it down there with, with no real regard to punishment. And you're not really used to seeing that. It's not like the length, you know, it's a massive course, but like the U S open at pebble, which is, you know, the shortest course that that's on the schedule plays way harder because like you said it's way thinner in the fairway and you can't like you know certain certain shots like cut off your angle there were just way too many like easy misses here um even though the score stayed the same I, I just didn't feel like maybe it's just like I said it's maybe not the the bot the top of the leaderboard and how low they went it's the amount of people who went low overall like there were just a ton of people at par and better um and I'm not really used to seeing that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm fine if two or three guys are up up at the top and then there's, you know, uh, just a few people over par, but uh, under par, I mean, but but I want to see blood. And, and uh, I know I saw this uh, this joke made on Twitter a lot that when you see no golfers, no professional golfers complaining about the course at a U.S. Open, like you've made it too easy. Like there's always somebody who's like, 
this is ridiculous. Like, you know, it's not fair to the players. Like, and we got, we got none of that this week. It was all sort of about maybe the style of the course, but not the difficulty. So if there's going to be one week a year where these guys need to be just challenged like crazy, this is supposed to be the week and it, and it wasn't. Um, and I know I heard, uh, you know, Rom say today, like, you know, his, his version of an elite tournament is, um, or his, I guess, best case scenario is that he wins a tournament at even par or worse. That's sort of his, his fantasy. And, um, yeah, just, just not really a chance to, to, to lose a ton of strokes at a time. Like you usually see at a U.S. open and bring those scores down. So I guess that that's my complaint. Um, yeah, but through that, I got, I got a question. Um, I guess like the concern meter here, uh, three big names that, um, you know, disappointed again, you hit on, uh, I think we've, we've hit on all three of them, but out of uh, Spieth, Homa and JT, who of those three are you most concerned with going forward? Cause all three of them have had some, you know, obviously a very concerning weekend um, uh, not only just from the tournament itself in a vacuum, but in the context of how well other p- other players that, you know, are not of their caliber or reputation, um, you know, didn't have much trouble, you know, you know, making the cut, um, staying near the top of the leaderboard. But overall, like the last few weeks, months, pretty concerning for all three, all three big time players, especially with the Ryder Cup coming up. Like, you know, who who gives you the most pause, I guess, going into the last part of the season and into the Ryder Cup selection, um, you know, couple weeks that come up? Wow, great. Yeah, that's a great question. Um... I think for me, it has to be JT. Um, number one, I'm I'm just not usually a big JT guy to to begin with, but um, I think I think it's a combination of like, yeah, it didn't seem like there. We we spoke to the difficulty of the course. It didn't seem like guys were going out there and just like shooting huge numbers like he he did, and for. For him, it's really been this this entire season. I mean, it's been incredibly disappointing. Um, and I also don't like the. I mean, I I like it from an entertainment standpoint, but from like a competitor standpoint, like if if you're gonna go out and shoot that kind of round on Friday, and then try to like go live on Twitter to like commentate the oh, rest man. of the weekend, I'm like that. Like it, it if you're at. I don't know if I played the way that he did on Friday and I was like in my competitive heyday and like trying to, to win golf tournaments, like that, that is not something that I would, that <laughs> I would be partaking in. Yeah. That was yeah. wild to see as a fan, as a fan, I would have loved it. Like I, him and Homer, like jumping on live is, is something I would love to see. But if you're somebody who like wants J, JT to compete and like, win golf tournaments in over the next few years. I don't think that's something that you want to see at all. I just, um, I I don't know. It, it, it's so, it's so tough because we've seen so many golfers, um, JT speed, Ricky, like have these struggles. I'm, I'm just so impressed with, uh, with what Ricky has done. Like, coming back kind of this resurgence to his career like i mean he he said himself he thinks a lot of guys probably just would have quit uh being at the low point that he was in his career and I, and i think it, it's common for a lot of these guys to kind of see that lull lull in their game but it's interesting to to see the the dip in the game but then also see how they deal with it from a commentary perspective and how they do their interviews and, and, and what they say, because um, I don't know, but yeah, to, to shoot around like that, I just, Oh man, I, I don't know. I speed speed has, has had those low points, but he's always had those low points and still produced high points. Like J JT this season has not and homeless had some high points this season. For, so, so for me, the most concerning um, would be Thomas, but I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Uh, I think right now I read something that he's like pretty dangerously close to being out of the automatic qualification for the Ryder Cup. And then, you know, they were sort of tossing out the question, like, if you were captain, would you pick this dude right now? Like, I know he's Justin Thomas and he's got a great record, but he is not playing like like awesome golf. Like, I, I know this week, like, in a, 
another strong field. He's like pretty far down the board and deservingly so. I'm certainly not going near him. And like you said, it's not like a normal U.S. Open where, you know, you got a lot of guys in the 80s and, and guys are, you know, exploding. Um, he came in second to last, like in this tournament with a ton of people that are like, you know, older honorary U.S. Open guys, a bunch of amateur amateurs. And I know it's like anything can happen in one week and everybody's good. But yeah, it's it's been a while for him where he struggled um, not only at majors, but pretty much everywhere he's been, you know, missed the cut at the Masters, missed the cut at the PGA. Um, misses the cut here like that's that's I don't know what the odds would have been on that preseason that JT makes no cuts at majors but it, it would have been pretty high I'm guessing um, but he he looks totally lost and I, I don't really know what he's doing well like there's really nothing like you sort of touched on Spieth like even when Spieth's ball striking was just just so bad that it kept him out of contention for years like he never really lost his short game um, and now that, you know, ironically, now that he's gotten his ball striking back, he sort of lost his putting. But before, like he just found ways to grind out um, sort of respectable scores. Um, and Homa, despite his um, despite his shortcomings in the majors, is still like making cuts, you know, getting some occasional top 20s and obviously had a, a very strong start to the season. But yeah, JT concerning. Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of how loosely he took that uh, after, you know, he bombed out at an 81. Like I I beat him this week at a at a, you know, way easier course. Like I know that, but like you can't be being in the 80s as as Justin Thomas, like a major winner. And, so and now, that's what we're about to see, like just a, you know, a Fowler-esque like stretch of of horrible golf, which, yeah. you know, I don't know if we can start putting that in the conversation, but. So now they're starting to hang him up at like 60 to one, you know, in the sixties to in the outright market, like this week, daring people to bet him daring based Some on of the question. I heard this question posed earlier today. What number would he have to be for you to be interested? And for me, I think it's like, I'm out. I'm yeah. out. I don't care. <laughs> Until I see like some kind of, I mean, he, and then like, as soon as if he like finishes top five, he's right back in the twenties again, like he was, but I, I'm just okay being off him until I see like any kind of a semblance of something positive. Yeah, I uh, I would if you ask me that question, like I would throw you know pizza money on him just because he used to you know the ceiling is obviously very good, but it would have to be in the hundreds. Like it's just throwing money away right now. But you know you throw flyers on weirder dudes in the hundreds every week, so you know you want as well throw throw it on somebody that you know, but. Yeah, like I said, I don't know where where it's going to come from or how it's going to click. Like maybe you know a caddy change next year is is in the in the works to somebody less less high profile or or whatnot. But yeah, no hope. Um, and on the other side of that spectrum, uh, Scotty Scheffler's like floor is just comically high at this point. Like uh, another week where he just makes nothing. And just like another top five at a major, like, like still just in, in third gear of his game, um, but just keeps cranking out, you know, we're not talking about just making cuts, cranking out top twenties. Like it's just top five after top five, after second place, after second place. Um, and when this putting does like sort of get back to where his baseline is or, or just near it, like, I think this dude could just win like two, three, four tournaments in a row. Like this, this stretch of ball striking has been so phenomenal. Um, but yeah, like just the opposite of those guys, like the most consistently ridiculously good ball striking um, and, and not, you know, not throwing away tournaments anymore with putting, but still just not, not really where he's accustomed to being, but another easy top five. And, and for me, like, I know we've had this conversation, but the, uh, the ever, the ever-changing who has the crown of the best player in the world right now for me I don't, I don't know if it was a, it was on rom for a while for me maybe i put it back to scotty and sort of was between those two but if it's not on scotty i'm putting it back on scotty right now because this run has just just been ridiculous and uh yeah i really hope the 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 putting gets figured out because like you know i think we're we're in store for like a 10 shot win with anything anything resembling some some putts going yeah down. I think the putting was definitely better this week. He, I think he gained uh, early on in the tournament uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, the ball striking just wasn't as good as it has been, which is not to say much because it was it astronom it astronomically yeah. high. Yeah, so 
So it, the ball, the ball striking dipped a little bit. The putter was definitely a lot better. Um, he did miss some, some putts on Sunday, which I, I think put, probably is what most people watched and just thought it was the same as it has been, but, uh, but the, the putter got a little bit better. So if the, if the ball striking returns to what it has been, um, yeah, I think there's there's a tournament coming where he just wins by like five strokes and just laps the field. I don't I don't think that's uh, unreasonable to say. And I I think he probably gets at least two more wins before the season's over. Uh, at least one, um, probably two. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I think that he is the best um, player in the world right now. Um, if I had to gun to my head, take somebody to to finish um well at a tournament top 20 top 15 top 10 whatever it happens to be he would he would be the guy um yeah disappointing to see i i wish that rom was playing better than he is right now just the because the run that he had at the beginning of the season was just absolutely insane and and to have if if he was playing at that level in these majors, I think it would just create like obviously that much more buzz. Um, so I wish that was happening, but I uh, still got a decent amount of season left. So hopefully he can uh, contend at a couple tournaments here. And I, I just think that's good for golf as well. So. Yeah, we we have another chance this week. I don't know if you got any any lingering thoughts on the open. I think we touched on touched on a lot there, but both of these guys um, – and, you know, pretty much every other famous golfer that, you know, back in action again uh, this week um, in in a local local tournament, the Travelers Championship, which, Kev, I know you have a lot of intimate knowledge of. And I can't wait to hear all that. But we're in Cromwell, Connecticut um, at a really a really sort of easy course. Uh, again, uh, TPC River Highlands, um, you know, plays as the second shortest course that the guys will play this year behind Pebble at a uh, sub 7,000 yards. Um, and like I said, I, I know you've been many times, Kev, like first person, what are we dealing with this week? Yeah, this is a, a tournament that I love. Of course I love it's um, it's always fun to be able to go to a tournament and then also watch it on TV. Cause there's just like a lot of um, frame of reference in terms of like you watching the holes and be like, okay, yeah, I've actually like stood there and, and like seen the shots live. So um, but yeah, I love the course. This has always historically been uh, an incredibly well attended event um, in terms of fans, which is really cool. And obviously um, this week being a designated event, like there's going to be the, um, many of the top players there. And I think that is only just going to add to the, to the attendance, but um, yeah, there's a really cool stretch of, of closing holes at this tournament. Um, so it's, uh 15 it starts with 15 is a short drivable par four uh the the green is very elevated and runs off like on all sides so on the right hand side you're just kind of um in running off into the rough on the left hand side there's water so there's a body of water that sits there um that comes into play on 15 16 and 17 so 16 is like a um short part three over the water and then 17 is like a dog leg right uh like around the the far edge of the water there um, but it's just really cool to, to see all those like sort of holes as like a sort of closing stretch. And then 18 is just a, a par four up the hill. But yeah, it really um, interesting cores. This is a place where uh, course history tends to like stick quite a bit. So you tend to see the, a lot of the same guys perform well here. Although with that being said, like in previous years, the field has been incredibly similar, whereas now getting this designated event, I don't know if that's going to kind of hold true with the strength of field being a lot stronger than it ever has been previously. So that's something I'll be watching out for, for sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of different types of players can succeed here. Like, as Ed mentioned, it is a short course. Uh, but we've seen bombers also really perform well here. Bubba Watson has won here back when he was like one of the longest players on tours. Dustin Johnson has won here. Uh, and then we've seen the likes of like Ches Reeve, uh, Furyk shot a 58 here, very short hitter. Brendan Todd was in a playoff a few years back. So uh, you can see all different types of golfers kind of, kind of succeed here. Um, and that's one of the other things that I really like about it. So yeah, it should be, it should be a fun week. Yeah, it's absolutely right. It is an interesting sort of uh, combination of the strongest field possible, but a course that brings every single person into play. And that's pretty much the theme of every every bit of research that I've done is that this course supports any style, any any 
any strength of players, any any style of player can win. Um, you're gonna see a whole a lot of holes played with less than driver, sort of putting a premium on that 175 yard and in um you know area of the game. So certainly ball striking important. Um, but yeah, it, it should be interesting to see, like you said, some of the uh, you know, I immediately when I when I knew this tournament was coming up, like, and I'm sure I'll get to this dude, but uh, just wanted to find Kevin Streelman because he's like the the shittiest golfer for every other event in the year except for the Travelers. Wanted to see where he, he was on the board because he just never plays bad here. Um, and some other guys fit that same profile. But then, yeah, adding in the best players in the world sort of makes for an interesting mix. Um, certainly makes it a little tricky, tricky to gamble on. Um, yeah, so when I was sort of looking at who I was going to bet, um, emphasis on ball striking, uh, weird weird set of odds for me at the top. Uh, the first thing I noticed, obviously, um, Rory McIlroy back in the second spot of the odds after being, you know, down there a little bit last week. I know we talked about that, but then Scheffler, like still half the odds of the second, second, uh, you know, the second most there a little bit more than a little bit more than half the odds, but yeah, the heavy, heavy favorite. And, and like I said, rightfully so, um, but a lot of value on the board, which I always like. And I found sort of the, the most guys that I like just below that top tier of player. Um, and I'll start with a guy that I sort of shit on uh, earlier in this uh, in this podcast. But Max Homa, uh, 45 to one to win looks pretty juicy to me. And I just think, like I said, when the when the course is evening out uh, and sort of putting an emphasis on that, you know, short iron game. Um, that has been where he's been okay this year. And I just, I don't know how many more tournaments, you know, if he does get a win, you'll see him down in the 45 to one range. Um, I like Russell Henley is a little bit above him. Um, your classic short course, uh, you know, player who excels in that format, good ball striking, doesn't have to be, um, you know, super good off the tee here. And then some guys a, a little further down for me, uh, Austin Ekro. Uh, exciting young player who's been in a great stretch of form at 80 to one and then local legend Keegan Bradley at 90 to one. Just another course where I think like, you know, the, these other sort of mid tier strong ball strikers with some flaw, other, you know, flaws in other parts of their game can sort of shine to hit the gala right above them, somebody else. And then, you know, if you're looking at some guys that are, that are again, not favorites in other tournaments, but like Brian Harmon, excellent uh, course history here. And then, like I said, Kevin Streelman, 300 to one has to be in play. I, I you know, I'll, I'll look for the top five odds here, but 300 to one to win where he's sort of perennially on the first perennially uh, on the first page of the leaderboard. I will certainly take it 16 to one for the top 10, which is, which is pretty great. Um, I think that's a worthy bet. Love that, yeah. Oh, you mentioned you mentioned some great names there, some real uh, travelers guys. Yeah, I um, so I have two two great memories from the travelers. One um, is watching on the seventeen uh, Streelman hitting like a nice approach shot. I think he stuck it to like six feet, um, and I kind of shouted out from the sidelines like, "Nice shot, Kev!" And he gave me like he looked at me and gave me like the wave. And then uh, the other one was. Uh, more recently, there was a, a really long playoff between uh, Harris English and Kramer Hickok, uh, which was a few years back. And uh, Harris was kind of putting on the putting green, waiting for Hickok and whoever else he was playing with this group to kind of finish up. Um, but I walked by the putting green and said, so I said, good luck, Harris. And he like gave me the wave as well. Right. So that's always nice to and some of the couple of these like lesser known guys probably aren't used to um people cheering for him so i feel <laughs> i felt like validated in those moments so that that was a fun moment for me as well um but yeah i like i like the names you mentioned i like i'm going victor hovland i think at 20 to 1 i think is live for sure um a couple other guys looking down you mentioned henley i love that play uh oh i like hideki as well at 55 to 1 i'm seeing um he he lacks the course history here. I think he's only played a couple times a few years back. Um, hasn't really done it here, but I think just just the way he's been playing and for a player of his caliber, um, I think that number's a little high. I like uh, I like the Sahith call by you and the uh, Austin Eckroat call as well. A um, couple other guys going 
down. Let me see. I, I like Eric Cole going back to him. He's just been in a, a great stretch of form. I'm seeing him at 130. Uh, I've seen him a little bit higher than that. A couple, a couple other books as well. Um, and then Mark Hubbard is just egregiously. I mean, he, he has been on an incredible stretch of form. I'm seeing him at plus 200 right now. Like that's crazy. He just He's been knocking out top twenties uh, like it's his job. So, uh, I could I could see him perform very well, and then uh, Steven Yeager as well at the same number. A um, couple other guys I'm liking, sort of up that board. Ches Reeve, uh, same thing, former winner here. I think he won about three or four years back. Um, he's a guy who always plays this course well as well. So those are some uh, more long shots I'm looking at. Yeah, I think my favorite part, my favorite bet of the week is also my favorite, uh, my fade of the week. And it's Wyndham Clark to miss the cut. It's two to one. And I just feel like this is a logical spot right here, just based on the letdown alone. I know I saw him, you know, chugging some beers out of the out of the uh, trophy the other night. And I just feel like how could you, you know, come in with the same amount of focus after a weekend like that and after, you know, the media tour that he's on right now? Um, I just think that was a little he, you know, even his just his outright odds are just a little high for me still, even based on that, um, especially taking away. Uh, you know, his distance advantage. Um, I think he's somebody that that could miss the cut. Um, I got to ask, so if we're just taking odds away, who's your pick to win this week? Just all things equal. Good question. Yeah, um, I would... I would probably... I would probably go with Hovland, I think. Um, I just think he's, like, kind of in that spot where he... I know he won recently, but I, I think I just think his game is there, and I think this this would be a, a great course fit for him. And I think um, I think he's just sort of like hitting that stride where he's going to win a couple times here over the next like year or so, um, and definitely be live at some majors going into the next season. How about you? Yeah, I'd have to go Scotty. I know that's super boring. Um, yeah. If I if I couldn't pick Scotty, my second choice and who I'm sort of rooting for is Fleetwood. Um, yep. I just think it, it's coming like it had he's playing so good uh close the U.S open absolutely on fire um you again know, yeah credible on Sunday amazing he, right he threw away he had a 73 in there and I think without that 73 if he turns that you know even in just his into a 70s in that playoff and, and sort of in it again he went he went for the par five too uh, I know oh that Sunday. was weird that was tough to see it was tough <laughs> to see in a shitty lie at the U.S. Open and then him you know I think making making a birdie off that um, I think it's got to be coming, especially if, like I said, if most shots are going to be 175 yards and in, like this ball striking has been so elite. And like I said, it's just been trending this way for a long time. I'd love to see him do it in a strong field, but I, I do think we're in sort of the, um, you know, when it's going to happen and not if it's going to happen with him. He's just been playing too well. Um, but that's, again, that's assuming Scotty Scheffler doesn't just run away with that. Cause I think that's a pretty distinct possibility as well, which. So, so I'm glad that you brought up uh Wyndham though, because I wanted to ask you, so what, what were your thoughts on his win? Because coming in, I know we, we talked about, he had the win on the, at the Wells Fargo, but I, I think he, like, he played an opposite field event, like sick, like a month and a half ago. Like he played at uh Corrales, I think like he not, just not a guy you would expect to, to contend. And I came on here last week and said that there was four guys that could win this tournament. And obviously he was uh, not one of in the, in that group, like, you know, just speak to that him winning and, and like, was it be, was it because of the course? Was it because of the, how it played or is his game just that good? Do you think? I think, I think it's a lot to do with the course and how it played, but he also does have like some elite traits, so to speak, like sort of comparing him to like, a football guy like he's like a super freak athlete who sometimes puts it together and makes some mental mistakes but his like ball speed is crazy like it's at the top of this tour like he's one of the longer hitters um he's always sort of had the tools and like he's been playing great this year um but i did not see him um you know for me it was like just the like i said the balls like anytime the balls had to come out and just be like be mentally tough and like answer or respond to like uh, some controversy or some pressure. Like it was really impressive to see him sort of step up like every time he had to. And that like that three wood into that par five, I think it was 14, like is one of the most amazing shots I've ever seen. So like regardless of width of the fairway or whatnot, 
like the landing area to get that ball onto the green where he got it was like probably three, like three to seven feet, like of, of like places that could land and bounce straight. And he hit that just like at a big, like high risk moment where sort of like, you know, the more conservative play and the safer play at a U.S. Open is to lay up. Um, he went for it and stuck it. Same thing on 18 on Saturday. And I know like it was just sort of like the borderline. And he sort of talked about it like he wanted to play cocky, he wanted to be cocky, like he looked like he had everything under control um, at all times. And whether that was true under the surface, like, I don't know, every time there was a chance to to throw it away or to let the pressure get to him, like he, he answered it in spades. So that was the more impressive part to me. But I, I also will say, like, there's a reason he didn't get into the Masters. There's a reason why he missed the cut at the PGA, like on the tougher tracks. And maybe, you know, if those fairways aren't as wide as they are and he can't take advantage of his distance the way he did, like maybe it's an entirely different story um, because he hasn't really competed in in any other major up to up to this win and has certainly been eliminated um, on tougher tracks. But yeah, we'll see. Like, he, he's an exciting guy. Like, he's still young. He, he's got some elite traits. So we'll see the next... Um, He'll be in the FedEx Cup, like how he closes the season and, you know, like sort of dark horse, like Ryder Cup guy for the U.S. Like, you know, if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it, kind of a, a different track than what we're seeing. I think most often, like nowadays, he's been on tour, I think now, like maybe, I don't know, five or six years. And and I think over the past, whatever it is, like eight, eight to ten months, his game has really elevated. Like he... We're used to seeing a lot of guys coming out of college or coming off the Corn Ferry Tour just, like, ready to go and win tournaments. And, and that w- wasn't really his route. Like, he just uh, had to take some time to to improve his game. And and um, I, th- I think we're seeing that now. But, yeah, you know, you can say what you want about him um, being able to sort of be in contention in terms of, like, where his game is and, and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, you, you said it best. Like, it, coming down the stretch, he he was asked to hit some ballsy shots, and, and he showed up and hit them. And and I, I think I think Rory almost kind of, like, was playing a little bit too – too conservatively not to lose. And, and, and I think Wyndham was playing, was playing to win. And I think that kind of um, paid dividends for him in the end. So, so it was good to see that, but yeah. Agree with that. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was Rory's conservative play. What? Yeah. It wasn't that in that way. Like I know it's the U S open. I keep saying it, but like there were opportunities to be more aggressive that he didn't take. You'd still expect, even with him sort of laying, you know, 20 plus feet out on every hole, him to make one putt at some point in that round didn't do it, but, but I know like if I'm looking back at his round where he will probably drive himself crazy, um, is that par five that he ended up, uh, you know, embedding into the bunker, um, and that whole thing, you know, getting a drop on the fringe, like sort of overshadowed what, what preceded that, but he had a clean wedge from like 130 yards and, and dropped it in the bunker and then made bogey on a par five, like just a big turning point in, in the closing stretch that sort of gave, Clark the lead for good and I just look back to that shot and I'm like man Rory McIlroy missed the par five green with his third with a wedge in hand and like that that just can't happen if you want to win and it keeps happening to him so and I don't understand why you're laying up to that spot when crazy like it's been the worst part of his game for the past whatever it's been like I don't I don't I don't know but he does to your point I think he plays it he plays it too conservative sometimes. I don't know if it's a pressure thing, but yeah, the open, the open last year and, and you know, this, this year, like just wait, either wait. I don't know if he's just waiting for a dude to like crack a little bit or, you know, thinks he will eventually make a few putts and both are, you know, valid thoughts, but he's got so much damn talent. Like at some point, like just go be the best golfer in the world and, and, you know, stick one close down the stretch. But, um, Speaking of of big time golf stakes, I, I know we got to touch on it. We have a a massive match on Sunday, uh, in round two of of a summer four ball tournament. Um, how are you feeling going into that? I, I know we uh, we just played uh, a day ago. We had a little grip change down the stretch. We think that's going to be change. You know, we think that's a that's a permanent thing. Like like how are we feeling? What are our, let's take our temperature here going into Sunday? Yeah. No, I feel good. I uh, I'm actually I'm playing tomorrow as well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reinforce the the grip change. But yeah, it really um, 
kind of brought me back. So for me, my, as you know, my, my game off the tee has always been incredibly weak. And so my, all of my effort and attention has been going into trying to, to fix that. But for this, the beginning of this season, also like my iron play and approach play has been very weak. So it's been, it's been a frustrating uh, sort of start to the season, but which is something like I'm always around the greens are very good. And my putting has been, has been good. Uh, so been able to rely on that a little bit, but um, towards the end of last season, I would say like the last month of the summer, my approach game was also really strong. So kind of like taking all those things into account, I was able to like play some pretty good golf towards the end of last summer, but my, my approach play has been lacking incredibly. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just like not striking the ball. Well, everything is kind of like fading off to the left, whatever it happens to be. But yeah, we had this little had this little grip change uh, towards the end of our round on Monday yesterday. So um, I hope that helps me. And if my if my I can be decent off the tee, and my approach game is what it was towards the end of the round yesterday, I'm I'm really excited about how I can play for Sunday. So we'll see. I'm as well. Like for the first time, I have like some optimism for our uh, our chances here. Like I just yeah. think like we got. We got two more old guys, so I know the distance difference in those senior tees and sort of that Fugazi handicap advantage is is something that we're going to have to contend with. But I do think for, like, again, for once, we'll be the two better players. Now, whether we play well is a different story, but I think we may actually have this in our hands. And I don't know what what me is going to show up. I know having a 14-shot difference between a front nine and a back nine is not a fantastic thing. Um, if I can give you the the second nine that I played yesterday, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. And I, if I give you the first nine that we played yesterday, um, I probably won't make it all 18 before I walk to the parking lot. So we'll have to see how it goes. Let me just say for the, for the listeners out there who not, unfortunately did not get to see on Monday, Ed's, uh, so we played the back nine first, so we finished on nine, but the drive and five iron into the green on nine, which is a par five, was, was two pretty, of the most incredible, two of the most incredible shots I've seen back to back. Yeah, uh, so yeah, re- a repeat of that would be would be fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. It'll be a big update next week, and next week also for our listeners, uh, we will have our our own Ryder Cup draft. Um, I know it's been long awaited. We will be playing the first annual podcast sponsored tournament later this summer and the teams will be drafted. I'm not sure if we're going USA versus Europe or PGA versus live here, but me and Kevin will be the talisman of those, one of those two uh, respective, respective groups. And we'll be drafting our squads. Um, so I know people will want to tune in for that. So uh, some exciting stuff, some exciting stuff. And now um now I think we're going to go to a surprise guest uh, to, to close it out here. All right, we're back with a very special surprise guest here. We have to welcome our uh, our runner-up in the pool. I, I know we we talked about him earlier uh, in this podcast, but Scott, welcome, man. I, I know we've been trying to get this done all season. It's great to have it done, uh, you know, better late than never here. But yeah, excited to have you, man. Woo-hoo. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, we. I think every other uh, guest that we've tried to get on has been uh, just able to come on that night. Scott is one we've been trying. We've been trying to get for like this is probably the sixth time we've asked him to come on. So this this is truly special because he he made some time for us and and we're. I'm just you know I'm a little too important for you. I don't know if to tell you. So, this is exciting. So yeah. so I I got to tell you I'm, I don't know what direction you guys want to go with this but. Most importantly, like I've known you guys forever and, and grew up with you and um, you're way too good at this, this podcasting thing. Like there's nothing, there, there's nothing about either of you that would make me think that you might actually be good at making a podcast that, that sounds like a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like enjoyable. I, I don't like golf. I'm not into the, like, I like playing golf. I don't like watching golf. I'm not into the whole, whatever thing, like watching golf thing. Um, I actually just like listening to the podcast, which is, which is shocking. I was not ready for that. I think I think I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that honestly, was a, net, a net positive statement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. No, that's that is a very positive positive statement. I think. Yeah. I um, 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think we have a lot of uh regular listeners week to yeah. week. I think we get, you know, certain weeks in the majors or whatever it is, or we have something like yeah. funny or like a little gimmick going on. Yeah. We can like spike the spike the listens <laughs> a little bit, but Scott, we appreciate you being a uh, regular listener for sure. <laughs> Except for last week, Scott. We, yeah. So I got to let you in. I know this is not released yet, but you didn't last. You obviously didn't listen last week when you're in your your final pick here. Like one hundred percent. So so the biggest thing is. Oh, so I'll, I'll let you guys into my in my top secret strategy for winning Survivor golf pools, and I, you know, free free for anyone who's listening here to 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 learn from the master. So this is my first time doing it. This is a, a very successful, uh, you know, well, almost won lots of money. Very successful, very successful thing that we're doing here. Um, so what you need to do is, is you look at like Thursday morning when Eddie or Kevin yells at you, yeah. look at the, the odds, right? And then just whatever, whatever name you recognize first, just pick that name. And, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a foolproof proof strategy. It worked really great for me. Week one, I had all three of my people get knocked out, which was horrific, and I bought back in, and uh, and then somehow I made it all the way here to the end. Um, so that's a strategy, and uh, and and I know you guys tried to talk me out of my beautiful strategy this week because you didn't like my Max Homa pick, and uh, and talked about it in the pod, which I did not listen to before uh, before the thing, and uh, and and actually the fact that you guys thought it was a bad pick gave me a lot more confidence that it was a good pick. So. I, <laughs> So I, if I would have doubled up, I guess if I had if I had a chance to to double down on it, I would have sure sure. And on Thursday, on Thursday, you were correct. Yeah. So, so this, uh, after Thursday's round was over, I was like, you know, Scott just might be might be smarter than the rest of us here. <laughs> Are we overthinking yeah. this here, like what? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I I watch I watch so little golf in my life. It's just not something that I do. But uh, but this year, almost every Thursday or Friday, I'd be sitting in this you know room I'm in right now where I get my work done. And, uh, and I turned it on and it was fun to watch a little bit. So I watched a little bit on Thursday and, and Max was doing great. I watched none at all on Friday. And then I got a text late night from Eddie saying that he got knocked out. And I thought he might be kidding because he was, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't nervous a bit, um, but he just blew it up. I guess we had two double bogeys in the last two holes or something. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. Terrible. that's what he does at, at high pressure events. He's, he's <laughs> great. When the stakes don't matter, he's the best, the best guy in the world. There you go. And they do. It's it's rough. Unbelievable. Who so you you're you watch more golf this year than you have before ever. Way more. Did you find yourself being drawn to some guys you didn't know or drawn away from some guys that you did? Like how'd your fandom change? Yeah. One one percent rooting interest in the sport. (laughs) It's a good question. So basically, um, I, I really was a Tiger only fan. And so any any event that Tiger played in the last whatever, 10 years after his his first injury or whatever. Um, I would tune into those because I love Tiger and 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 grew up watching Tiger and all that fun stuff. And but I really cared zero, exactly zero about everyone else. And they were exactly the same person to me. They didn't matter a bit. Um, and so th- that that's that Netflix show, what's that thing called? Oh, full, full swing. swing. Yeah. Um, you guys talked me into watching that thing, and I was the first episode for the record was bad, but uh, but I got into it and I watched it. Um, I liked um See, I don't even see his Fitzpatrick. What's his name? Matt Fitzpatrick or Matt, something? Matt Fitzpatrick. Yep. I, I liked him on the show. And uh and I I put my uh he was my survivor pick the next week after I watched it and and I was a fan of his. And and uh I, I'm a big Rory guy, and I think you're not Rory people. I'm a big Rory fan, and I was really rooting for him out of this one. I, I, I don't know why, but I like him. Um I don't know. Um I, I just I, I actually feel like I know I know most of the players now. At least to like a Max Homa type person. I had no idea who he was four months ago. Yeah. And now I know that I, I hate him forever because he ruined this <laughs> right. rubber pool for me, which is good. I, I know one more guy. It's it's exciting. That'll do yeah, that. I think, for you. That'll do I that. think that's <laughs> the most that's the most important thing is like <laughs> just having finding a way to have like a rooting interest. And yeah, you want when you when you tune in to to just have like a vested interest in, in guys that you've either picked for a survivor pool right. or in exactly. some other format. And I exactly. think that just makes it makes it important for you, but Agreed. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think like the, you mentioned the full swing episode and, or the, yeah. the series. And I, I think that just, um, I think stuff like that is important because you, you mentioned yeah. like a pick, you, you, you watch an episode about the guy and then you wanted to pick him in your survivor. I think just right. that kind of, that kind of connection is way more important than like 
you can you can research all the stats that you want, but at the end of the day, like none nobody actually knows how these golfers are going to perform week to week on a right. you know week to week basis. You just you can buy into certain things that you can relate to and 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 guys that you that you like or want to root for, and that's just going to be fun for you to to root for like that. And I think that that that's what mostly is is what we're about and trying to do here. So I, I love that. Yeah, for sure. It made, it made watching golf fun for me to be part of this, be part of this thing and, uh, um, and, and get to listen to the show and then, you know, be wrong about stuff or whatever, but it's, it's been fun. I really enjoyed it. You think it's helped your real game? I know me personally, oh. the more, the more I watch and the more I watch thinking like I should really try this, the worse I get. <laughs> as it changed. Cause you just That's like, you just funny. can't. And you know, it's just right. good to try. Yeah. Has, has it changed your game at all? Like, do you, do you ever watch it with that like lens out? Like I know you you're playing more and you're getting way, way, way better than yeah. you have been. Yeah. Well, thanks. What um, we're, we're starting from a real, a real low point here. I'm a, I'm a yeah. terrible golfer for, for all the, the exciting <laughs> listeners to listen. What do you guys an hour and a half into this podcast? Do you think anyone listens to more than like 20 anyway, but so if, if anyone, <laughs> yeah, all right, good. If, if, if Katie, if Katie's listening to this or, or, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> that I'm a terrible golfer and, uh, and, and I love golf and it's fun. We have kid number three on the way here. Um, after both of my first two kids, I retired for like four years. It just, there's no time to, to, for some reason, I don't know. There's no reason to play golf. Take five hours away from, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so that the two, the two kids are a little bit older and, and, uh, and so I've been able to sneak away more this summer and and play and it's been really fun. Um, and I've got one more month before my career ends again here, but, um, but anyway, so to answer your question, the, um, I 100% think that watching golf swings that are good professional golf swings is helpful for me to, as, as someone who doesn't have a good golf swing, to just be able to visualize and have some idea of what it's supposed to look like. Um, I, I've never taken a lesson and, and I'd like to, it's not, I'm again, I just, I'm just a hack. And so I, it's, it's, for me, I think it's very helpful to do that. Um, but also the best strategy for me would be going seven iron, seven iron pitching wedge or whatever into the every hole if I actually wanted to make a good score. And so I'm sure that there's some amount of like, you know, watching guys aim at the pin and spin it back and all that other stuff. That's like, I can, I can probably go for this shot here. And when I for right. sure, can. so I, I'm sure that there's a trade-off, but I would say for, for someone like me, who's just a terrible golfer, it, it probably helps to see what a swing is supposed to look like more than it hurts. Got you. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I, the, the, where I always get bundled up is watching like the top, top guys do mm-hmm. like their unique thing that right, makes right, right. them the top, top guys and being like, yeah. man, why don't I try to like incorporate some of that into like, into my game, you know, being like not, <laughs> right. not these guys and like, yeah, trying yeah, yeah. To do, like, Oh, let's just try right. to do something world-class that yeah. well, for people... some reason nobody else can do, but I think I can do it. So People tell me that my, my my driver swing looks like Rory, so I don't know, but that's right. <laughs> Something about you know, I I landed about three fifty and and all that stuff, so you know, right. So, dope. but what, so Scott, but what do you think about the um? Because Ed and I touched on it a little bit earlier during okay. when we recorded previously, but uh, just about some of the players that have been like struggling really really poorly uh over the, these past like six months or whatever we we touched on justin thomas and their, yeah. their games their games are just at a, a really low point and to see these like top level guys like sh- struggle and have a, such a lack of belief in their yeah. game um i know you you know you and i yeah. both we, we we played yesterday and, yeah. and had some really bad stretches of golf just talking about throw, like you can throw me into that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about like the mental aspect of talk of of playing like that in a round and trying to like pull yourself out of that, I think is like something everyone can relate to. I think it, it's I would for sure it's very relatable. I I, I actually declared that I was gonna quit about uh seven holes into it, which is <laughs> which is not unusual for me. Um, but the no, I mean I I bought a new driver like a month ago. Actually, Jenny got me a driver a month ago, my wife, and, and it's an awesome gift and I'm really happy. And for like the for like three weeks, I was hitting it great and driving better than I have in my whole life. And I I 100 percent I if you gave me a hundred golf swings right now with my driver, I don't think one of them would go in the fairway. I can't even picture I can't even picture what it would look like for a driver shot to go kind of the direction I want. I, I it just it's such a weird 
such a weird thing about golf that like that it's so it's I don't know someone said it well but it, like it's it's when it's there it's there and, and and you can't picture it going away and it was that I don't know who, Brooks or somebody who said that but but it just a it's just such a weird like I I legitimately have no idea what a reasonable driver swing would look or feel like now and then it'll just come back and then it'll so people like like Justin Thomas and people that are professionals and and, and struggling I can um 100 relate to 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 the the ups and downs of, of it, just such a hard mental game. Never seen anything like, and by the way, if you had told me 10 years ago, the three of us would be on something and it would be golf related, <laughs> would not, would not have been the leader in the clubhouse. I can see no. this conversation of a different sport, maybe not. Yeah. Not sure. volleyball. Yeah. We, yeah. We, used to, yeah. we used to play some pretty good volleyball back in the day for people that, that don't know. That, that that's a, right. That was that's a long right. time ago. That was a long time ago. That's a different podcast. <laughs> But I've never like relating it to volleyball. Like I've just never seen a sport, never played a sport where like you can you can be playing awesome and get into a slump and be in a slump and be playing awesome again. Like there's no gradual incline. Like it just it can come all at once. It can go all at once. It can come and stay for months without without really changing anything and then doing nothing differently. Leave you for months. It's not like, I don't know, when you're playing bad volleyball, like there's usually a reason and you usually don't just like snap out of it doing the exact same thing you were doing yesterday, thinking the exact same thing you were thinking yesterday. Just just a crazy razor, yeah, razor thin like like line between great and and horrible. Right, right, right. It's so true. And and, and there's something weird about, you know, like a a sport like basketball where you're going to have 100 offensive possessions and each one counts the same amount as all the other ones sort of count. Golf is so different. Like your one, your one drive that goes wide right and, and and out of bounds, and then you're you're hitting three and whatever. Like it really sets you back in a way that doesn't happen in in, in volleyball or in basketball or in, in the other sports that we're probably used to. It's just such a different, such a different kind of a thing. It's 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 a bizarre sport. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was thinking we were talking about Rory earlier, and like you know, everybody will sort of say he putted poorly on Sunday to sort of not sure. not make a move to win right. that that championship. But it's all connected. Like he's putting poorly because all of his putts are outside thirty feet, and why right. are all of his putts outside thirty feet? Because right. his wedges are off, and why are those off? Like it's right. you said sure. it right. Like the chain of causation is mm-hmm. is so wide, and one break in a seventy two shot chain. That's right. Takes you out. That level. Yeah, yeah, it's just right. it's just crazy. And it's not even like like going back to JT too. Like, you know, losing losing his swing is just like now his dispersion being what like 15 yards wide versus 12 right. yards wide. Like, you know, you miss <laughs> you miss a spot on on some green by like three inches and you're you know, you're down the hit down a super yeah. hill. And now you're probably right. three putting, or like now you're in their buff and it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Which makes it makes it insane. Like it's just it's so much pressure to, like for us, like I don't know for for us to like shoot for whatever your imaginary number goal is. Like right, every shot can just put that out of reach. Whether it's the first shot of the day could literally put that goal out of reach, and it's just it's a lot of a lot of made up pressure to to play against. One hundred percent. Speaking of speaking of the the you know the courses that they're playing on two feet off and it and it's something that's rolling off the green. I want to know what do you guys think you would have shot at at the U.S. Open and in LA there this weekend? From their from their distances, their, their distances, their whole play the exact same course that they just played. One thirty. Yeah, I think, like, yeah. I, think like, I feel great about one thirty personally. <laughs> I'd like to. I think my goal would be a hundred. Yeah, I think I'd be around yeah. around yeah. there. I think the uh, the putting that they do on those greens that are ridiculously, ridiculously fast that they make look ridiculously easy would be yeah. the downfall. But I think even I could hit those fairways. Like, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think fair. that would be. That's fair. You're right. It was, every hole felt like it was a canyon. You hit either side of it and, and, and you're going to be fine in the fairway. I, I'd even, find a way. Me and Kevin would, would I love you, Kevin. At least find a way to hit up. Like, I agree. Anybody, <laughs> anybody could. But, you know, they're also – you know, Scott, if, they put it, if they put us on a team with that course, we might light it up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Man. That's yeah. A good, uh, I know like famous celebrities have done that, but I want to do that so badly. Like, like go yeah, to a, course, go to a real course. course and see. Right. Like the, the, the greens, man, it just, there were so many shots where people, they were talking about it and they're saying like, there's nowhere he can land this ball where it's going to stay on the green 
with the amount of backspin that they have and everything. What, what, what the heck are we going to do? Like, it just, I, right. I can't even. Yeah, realistically, like chunk it three inches after right. trying to think about like spinning right. it, spinning it back, <laughs> and landing it in some zone. Like, let's exactly, exactly. I don't, right. know, I don't know if the swamps at uh, Norwood CC <laughs> the barrancas, yeah, the Norwood barrancas. Right. Yeah, I just put up a fifty-one on the front nine where every hole was three hundred twenty yards and, and straight. And, uh, I really better to think about that. I think 130, I think 130, I'd be, I'd be probably happy with it. So, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> the better question is something like that. Like if I, if we started you at 130 yards out on every one of those holes, man, you shoot or assuming that, you know, you've taken your drive right. and you're starting sure. from a pros, a pros right. second shot. Exactly. Because exactly. even with the wide fairways, like you right. know, their shots that are 200 yards in are going to be. Yeah, 140 for us. So <laughs> so true. You're right. Right. We're going driver, 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 and everything. Right. Right. You know, back up again, and then chunking that that fourth <laughs> chip after that. Exactly. But if you're if you're starting from where they are, or even yeah. even saying like, could you starting a hundred yards out from every green, just right. wedge and putter? Yeah, I wonder if I I really wonder if I could make less average less than a four, if I'm you know wedge wedge putt 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 or wedge wedge putt putt I, I don't think i could i think i, I think it would be a four and yeah. a half four and a half i don't think i would no i don't think i would either yeah no it's just it's so hard yeah it's the fun thing though it's like it is you know for sure gotta play you gotta play it to understand like the context is just like different exactly well yeah, i think we'd love, to, love to try that Kevin, I don't know, Eddie, I don't know if, if Kevin told you, but uh, he, he told us he's going to fly us to one of these courses with all of his big winnings here. So I don't know which, which, which course you've decided on yet, but but LA is, you know, um, 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 I would be in to go to LA with you, is all I'm saying. They unfortunately don't let poor people like us into that course. So. But we're not, he's not poor anymore. He just won all the money. It's true. Yeah. He's going to add a couple zeros to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did submit, I submitted for a membership request. And they're, they're getting back to me. So I'll let you guys under, under consideration. <laughs> let me know. Let me know when you find out. I'd take, I'd take Pebble Beach for the record. You know, whatever, Kevin. But it's the best. Let us know. It's the best. <laughs> All right, dude. I'm, I'm really glad we got this done. A little quick hitter here. Finally had you on any, uh, any closing thoughts for the for for your golf season? I will oh, say, man, my last month of my uh, of my golf career here for a while. Um, no, I, I I've decided that uh, I've decided officially I'm going to leave the driver in the bag for for the rest of the season, and I believe that that's going to happen until the first tee when I play again. Is my uh, comes back out again? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I, I thought about it a lot today. You're leaving. I'm, you're going to leave the driver in the bag when you're not playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I even told him that. I actually, with my mouth, I said out loud, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just, next time I play, I'm hitting the four iron off the tee every time. I can hit it 230 and, and pretty straight. And it's just such a better option for me than than the driver. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to shoot. And, and there's no chance. I'm, but I'm that is such there. a sexy driver. That's the problem, <laughs> is that. 100%. For those that are still, this is the brand new paradigm here. That That's uh, it, like. It's, it's a beautiful club. That it must not nice stay club. in the bag. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pull it off and I'm going to shank it into the woods and I'm going to be happy and it'll be fine. So <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Love it, dude. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for being part of the pool. We will, uh, yeah. sure. See you next year for, for a, 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 I'm second, in. a second I'm ready. chance to run it, run it the, uh, the elusive championship, but absolutely. Yeah. We, we appreciate you joining. We appreciate you hopping on. This was uh this is a pretty good time. Thank you guys. This is awesome. Have a great night. All right. See you.